1: Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Wow.
2: These days of market rallies feel good. Especially when we had a bad year last year. But that feels like years and years and years ago. Time flies. We're looking at the calendar starting to wrap up the year. This morning, I saw the markets open lower after a hell of a month of November. Kind of expected, if that makes sense. I'm kind of okay with that. Um, There was some, I guess, bad news is how we're going to interpret it today. Although Walmart reported solid numbers, but they too warned about a softening future. Cisco, well, let's stay with Walmart for Uno momentero. Um, the world's largest retailer posted better than expected earnings following a big run ahead of its report it said its customers are becoming increasingly price sensitive. It expects sales growth to moderate in the fourth quarter versus prior quarters. It anticipates deflation in the coming months. So those shares are down five to six percent. Cisco down ten percent after reporting weaker than expected orders for its fiscal first quarter, issuing below consensus guidance for the second quarter, which they're on a different calendar year than our calendar year. Palo Alto Networks also down after tempering its billings guidance. It's very confusing quarter. I tried to parse the Palo Alto Networks, they're a, a security company. It's a difficult one. Cisco is more of a software company now than a hardware switchers and routers company. Walmart, obviously a big tell on the retailers. The soft landing peak Fed narrative right now, which is what we're working with. Soft landing economy avoids a major recession. Soft landing Peak Fed interest rate, they're probably done. No one can imagine the reason they'd raise rates again with the softening of the CPI and PPI this week. Uh, the weakening of the retail sales. This morning, we get the initial and continuing job claims. Initial claims for the week ending November 11th. It's a Thursday. We get these every Thursday. They increase by 13,231,000. Continuing jobless claims ending November 4th increased by 32,000 to 1.86 million. Does that mean anything to you? Any number under 350,000 tells you we have a pretty good economy. We're not firing a lot of people. It's kind of the preferred script here. There's some softening in the labor market, but not a lot of softening. Initial claims are at their highest levels since August. And continuing jobless claims are at their highest level since November 2021. It is an odd thing to say out loud that the Federal Reserve kind of sort of wants a softening labor market, i.e. people lose their jobs. If we're fully employed, people can go to their bosses and say, take this job and shove it. I want a raise. And sometimes they get it. I do not recommend that style, by the way. Uh, But long story short, uh, this was a good narrative for the soft landing peak fed interest rates script that we have going right now. The soft landing peak fed narrative has been helped by a certain extent with Walmart when they reported numbers and basically said people are more price sensitive. They expect sales growth to make growth to moderate. They anticipate deflation, not inflation, deflation, falling prices. In other developments, the Senate passed the continuing resolution to keep the government funded through January 19th and February 2nd. President Biden is expected to sign it, averting a government shutdown during the holidays. I think to you and me, the big thing is air traffic controllers will keep their jobs and their paychecks. So travel should not be disrupted. President Biden agreed with President Xi to resume high level direct military talks, bilateral cooperation in combating illicit global drug manufacturing and trafficking. But not much else. Not much else. I don't even want to get into the narrative of. The way Xi presented himself versus Biden. Um, I'll leave the political talk up to you. Hopefully that makes some sense. Let's talk about some of the other big stories that are out there. Um, The shutdown was averted. I think that's uh, fair to say is a big story for the day. U.S. Senate giving its overwhelming approval for a temporary funding measure to avert government shutdown. Cisco is sliding today down 11%. A lot of people really like Cisco. I honestly haven't looked at it in five years. It's got a nice dividend. It's got a great 10 and 15 year track record. The track record is something you look at if you want to say, what am I going to be doing for the next 10, 15 years in a stock? You can take a look at Cisco. Cisco remains heavily exposed to falling corporate tech budgets while it continues to expand in services and software to reduce its dependency on one time equipment sales. Palo Alto Networks, Billions Growth and Guidance Missed Expectations, Sending Shares Lower. If you hear their CEO talk, you would think that was a great quarter. Honestly, I'm having a little trouble parsing the Palo Alto Networks quarter because they do a lot of uh, one-year renewals, three-year renewals, and then short-term sales cycle seems to be pretty full. So I kind of liked what I saw, but I got to do a lot more work. Elsewhere out there, stock futures were down for most of the morning. I've seen in the first 45 minutes of trading, they're they're kind of trying to go higher. It's a weird thing to say. Um, But this is the time of year where a lot of professionals take off. And the markets can tend to roam a little higher. So the NASDAQ opened in the red. It turned green. It's back to slightly red. The S&P 500 opened in the red. It turned green. It's still slightly green. Same thing with the Dow, open in the red, turn green, now it's slightly red. Who really knows where we're going to go today? Is the best way that I can say that. Forty three percent, forty three percent of TikTok users overall say they get news on the platform. That's up thirty three percent last year. That's a pretty scary thought, right? I remember ten years ago when John Stewart was at his height of popularity on the Daily Show. Uh, The statistics were crazy how many Americans were getting their news, how many young Americans were getting their news from The Daily Show. Nearly a third of Americans age 18 to 29 regularly get news from TikTok. Wow. Um, I'm going to try not to do a Thanksgiving story today. Target up 17% yesterday, uh, hitting 130. That stock should go higher. It's got a low P.E., and it's just waiting for demand from fed interest rate cuts to come back uh silverberg rise particularly on your sex ever mentioned on this show um but their operations are lean they're doing a nice job i think your CEO is a little crazy sometimes in some of his interviews says people like waiting for uh their makeup behind a locked door 30. they feel good that it's in stock i'm like what Anyway, Starbucks Workers United, they plan to mount its largest strike ever today. Careful on your red cup day. You may be waiting for your coffee or coffee or latte. You can find me online at robblackshow.com.
1: What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth.
2: So I almost feel this market is a little too easy to predict. We've been talking the stock market would find a bottom as soon as the Fed stopped raising interest rates or as soon as the market thought the Fed would stop raising interest rates. We predicted with ease a market rally at the pause The next two or three moves by the Fed should be lower on interest rates to kind of try to get the formula right. Things are slowing. They don't want things to stop. That's not their job, not to to mess up the economy. Once they see inflation is under control, they should probably cut one interest rate, maybe two, maybe three. Problem is, that's going to start creating inflation again. An economy working harder and faster to move higher, to take advantage of lower rates. That's expected sometime in the second quarter, in my opinion, from all the news that I'm gathering, of 2024. Maybe the third or fourth quarter, if you want to be more on the cautious side. But look how the market's already starting to move. Right now, you're hearing Walmart and Target, say, the economy and retail Home Depot, saying the economy and retail all slowing down. Consumers are getting more cautious. We're seeing credit card debt rise. We're seeing delinquency rise for lower income Americans. When the Fed starts cutting interest rates, we should start seeing some economic activity tied towards that. And maybe we'll be hearing Walmart and Target and Home Depot saying the economy is starting to look a little bit better. People are starting to feel a little bit more rosy. And that's when the next leg of the bull market really starts to work in in obvious fashion. Right now, you almost have to take my word for it that the Wall Street is ultimately a discounting mechanism. Looking six months into the future. Now, not all is rosy and and great. I'm fully invested. I'm very comfortable with that. But not everyone is. Retirement ideally is a period of relaxation and enjoyment after years of hard work. It's often envisioned as a time to pursue hobbies, travel, simply unwind. We're talking to the average American couple right now. How much do you have saved? 40% of Americans fear retirement more than death, primarily because of financial insecurities Listen to these statistics. 60% of Americans lack a retirement-specific account. 60%. We're setting ourselves up for, as we age, to be a mess. Japan takes care of the elderly much better than the United States does, and we're getting elderly That's why yesterday I talked about investing in countries like India and Mexico, who have younger workforces. 60% of Americans lack a retirement specific account. For the disparity in average household retirement savings by age, you would look at under 35 the median savings rate for retirement is 18,800. It's not bad. That's a good start. But the numbers start getting messed up when you start seeing 35 to 44, that's $45,000. From 45 to 54 it's $115,000. From 55 to 64 it's $185,000 and from 65 to 74 it's $200,000. That's the median. That's not the average. That points to a very broad spectrum of financial preparedness. It shows that we're not ready for most of us. Now, if you start looking at the averages, you could start seeing that the people who have saved have saved a lot. But the median, half above, half below, we're in trouble. Um I like saying that you need 10 to 20 times your income to retire. It's a good start. Um if you if these numbers scare you or make you anxious, you should start increasing your savings rate. Even small increments in savings can yield significant long-term benefits. You start maximizing your retirement accounts use employer-sponsored plans and individual retirement accounts to their fullest. If you're anxious about retirement numbers and savings, you should start reducing your debt. I've got a good million plus dollars of mortgage debt that in my 50s now, I do kind of want to see those numbers going lower. Even though I know the, The rate that I have is way below market rate. One mortgage at 2.5%, one mortgage at 3%. One at 325, I think. But then in the back of my head, that's a payment that I don't want going out of my my savings. That's where you get into behavioral sciences and uh, finances. I can service that debt so I'm comfortable, but in the back of my head, it's still a debt. If you're anxious that you have not saved enough for retirement, you should delay Social Security as long as you can and continue working. Postponing benefits equals to higher monthly payments by a lot. If you're anxious, you should create a budget. Start seeing where you could have some saving opportunities. If you're anxious, you could just consider working longer. Consider working longer. keep the money coming in to pay the bills that are going out. Don't dip into that savings, especially if you're in that median category or the below the median. So if you're fifty five to sixty four kind of right where I am I'm you'd say age forty five to fifty four it's one hundred and fifteen thousand saved. For fifty-five, sixty-four, it's one hundred and eighty-five thousand. Now, keeping in mind, the averages are considerably higher than that. Median shows that significant gap between the haves and the have-nots. The averages are average fifty-five, sixty-four-year-old has five hundred thirty-five thousand saved. But you got to go back to your high school math to figure out the difference between median and average to see where the, the damage is in society. So Dave Ramsey is getting blasted online for saying he's perfectly comfortable with an 8% withdrawal rate in retirement. He is not accredited with a CFP or a CFA, an RIA. He's just your uncle who has an opinion about money. He's getting blasted for telling people take 8% out of your savings in retirement, saying that the average stock market gains 12%, which is on the high side. He says he could do it. No, you can't. Math doesn't add up there, Dave. Uh, the pros are blasting you for good reason. You should recant and move back on that statement. You're hurting a lot of your your fans. Shame on you. You can find me online at robblackshow.com.
1: For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com.
2: A no-show pullback so far. That's a good headline telling you what we've seen from Wall Street in the last few days. The S&P 500's up slightly, the NASDAQ's down slightly, the Dow Jones Industrial Average down one-fifth of one percent. The disappointment for me today is the Russell 2000's pulling back after having just a roaring rip higher. What's interesting to note about that is I like seeing the market breath move higher. I would almost call it my stock picks have way outperformed my 401k because my 401k is more diversified. It has the Russell 2000 in it, small caps. It has mid caps. It has international investments. And they've underperformed compared to the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ, the magnificent seven, if you will. This is where it gets messy. Um I was reading and I want to be very careful about he's a market guru type. He writes a lot of articles. He's mostly retired. Um he's a pretty big name in my industry. And he likes talking about his 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 investments. That's one of the ways he draws clients. Um He's also one of the wealthiest 500 people in the world. And he just published an article in. I don't know the publication. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Another company. um, Insider basically looked at his 12 biggest positions. And this is where we get into kind of the mess of. We want the whole market to do well. We don't want just specific names because everyone's in the same names. This big tech investor, growth investor, owns Adobe. They have wonderful productivity software for producing audio podcast, video podcast, for doing graphic design. You've heard of Adobe Illustrator? They've done a nice job of moving all those tools online in a cloud offering. Another holding that he has is Eli Lilly, which you know very well about. Monjorno, um, a diabetes drug that's being used as weight loss drug. He owns the Home Depot. Advanced micro devices, ASML lithography. None of these are surprise names is what I'm getting at. Microsoft, Salesforce, Apple, Alphabet. Round out his positions. It's top heavy in tech and it's a very crowded trade. This year, you've learned a lot about very crowded trades when, for instance, the 10-year treasury zoomed higher and higher and higher and higher. Everyone knew it was moving higher it was a crowded trade oil zoomed higher higher and higher it was a very crowded trade everyone knew it was moving higher when it breaks you lose a lot of money if you're still stuck in that trade that's the thought on the magnificent seven and being tech heavy just be cautious with it know that this is your retirement and you don't want to go into retirement with a bad year like 2022 Because it may take you a long time to justify that position. I'm seeing Apple still move higher. That's a stock that uh, three weeks ago, everyone was like, wow, it's breaking down. It's awful. Their earnings showed very little growth. Three weeks later, it's near its all-time high again. Very crowded trade. Buy the magnificent seven on dips be cautious ladies and gentlemen um let's talk estate planning tips real quick because i have a little time this break consider bringing a professional trustee into your estate planning process um my spouse is basically the executor of her family's estate and it's going to create stress for her when her parents die there's a cousin who may claim Hey, I knew the family better than the two daughters. Um, My spouse married well. Her sister, not so much. Very little savings for retirement. Very expensive lifestyle costs. It's going to be stressful for her. And I'm going to stay the hell away from it. I'm not going to touch it. I don't care. I didn't marry for an estate some people do I guess but if you bring in a professional you get fairness if you bring in a sibling or one of your children to be your executor you you get family that hates each other so my spouse her best friend growing up was named executor of her father's estate he passed the mother has dementia the daughter who is named the executor now hates the brother because the brother wants the house sold, wants the mother moved to a cheaper healthcare. It's a mess. Another tip on doing your estate: work with a financial planner to integrate that plan. A good financial planner will integrate the estate plan into your savings and retirement plan, so that, for instance. I'm fairly wealthy. I can give a spin off more money to my children and avoid taxes, avoid estate planning nightmares, um, but also create more tax efficiencies. I've set up in my estate plan so that my children can work for my estate, which implies that after I pass, my two sons will be employees of the trust and they have to give away a hundred thousand dollars a year each to two different charities um, and they get a paycheck from it but they have to work together on naming two charities the date of giving out money will be my birthday and my spouse's birthday so my kids think about us and think about what we did for them Think about how hard we work to set them up with this wonderful opportunity to be charitable givers. That's a cool estate plan. I'm kind of a cool guy. I hate to say that, but it's kind of funny. Um, Other estate planning tips. Is. Includes substance abuse powers and protections for your Beneficiaries. Um, non-prescription drug use has risen to endemic levels in many states across the country. My kids lose the availability to get my, my money in retirement or my money after my death. If they're addiction, if they're, addic- they're addiction, if they're addicts, um, if they get arrested, they have to do treatment programs that would be paid with the trust funds. I don't want to kill my kids. When I'm dead with money to allow them to be abusive to their bodies. Um, the trust is set up to pay money to the vendors like the mortgage companies and not necessarily straight to them if they're addicts. Uh, every day we read about a young actor OD. I don't like it. It's one of my biggest fears right now is that both of my kids are turning that age where they're going to try something. And I have an addictive personality. I oftentimes say that I would have done a lot of cocaine if I ever tried cocaine because I knew my personality. Never did cocaine. Funny statistic, right? <clears throat> um, I used to tell a joke about my family that my mom and dad were really strict that we are never, ever, ever, never allowed to do drugs until we finished our vegetables. It's a joke doesn't age terribly well, especially when I just said, you know, we have an endemic in America with fentanyl. Some young people are just flat out dying, dropping dead from taking what they perceive as a recreational drug. I never want to be the the father who paid for my son's death. So it's built in my estate plan. Be very active in your estate planning on... Identifying people who exercises the power of duty to avoid ambiguity. You don't want things like um, passive language in your trust. You want very aggressive language. Active is subject verb, object. Passive is object verb, subject, no subject. That allows for bad actors, bad people in your life to be identified and potentially say, hey, he certainly meant me. So talk to your attorney about being very specific when setting up an estate plan. You need to review your estate plan every three to five years. Again, it should be integrated with your certified financial planner. If you have more than $2 million and you don't have an estate planner and a CFP relationship, I think you're making a mistake. You want to ask your estate planner to ensure that your trust absolves successor trustees of all prior act or predecessor trustees. You need a really good attorney. 10. EP Wealth provides state planning as part of their financial planning services. You need a referral to a financial planner. Drive me an email, rob at robblackshow.com.
1: You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com.
2: This radio and podcasting is theater of the mind. Start getting engine sounds roaring in your head for this segment, okay? Formula One is fizzling. Room 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 Ahead of the big Vegas event this weekend. Not a lot of people are willing to fly to Vegas to watch Formula One racers drive to survive. A big three-day event in Sin, Sin City starts today. Measly ticket sales, low hotel room vacancy occupancy and an overall lack of buzz. They're running on fumes, running on empty. The days of blunder. F1 got a major boost in 2019 when Netflix debuted the docuseries Drive to Survive. One of my friends from college, who I consider both an attractive human being and a smart human being, she really loved it. And I was like, really? Really? And she's all f one up. Uh, F1 executives embraced the fact that it did so well on Netflix. They brought Miami Grand Prix. Ticket prices soared as high as $32,000 for a resale ticket. Celebrities were showing up. Good looking American celebrities were showing up so that they could be seen at the Miami Grand Prix. Then the F1 did the mistake of expanding this year too many races Miami Austin and now Vegas face value tickets still available for all three days of the event no $32,000 ticket markup hotels on the strip have returned to selling rooms at average weekend rates blocking after blocking off rooms to upsell the concept of a race on the strip was more appealing than the actual event F one's US expansion may have been too much too soon, too fast, too furious. You like how he did that? Anyhow, let's move on. Sometimes I make myself feel stupid from my own storytelling. Eighty percent of American households are in a worse financial position now than that they were before the COVID pandemic hit. This sucks. I live a relatively charmed life and I know that it doesn't take a lot for me to convince myself of that. But when I see the results coming out of fidelity and Vanguard of studies on American savings, in this case, it was a federal reserve study revealing a concerning trend. Particularly those outside of the wealthiest 20% are struggling since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, they've depleted their extra savings. They have less liquid assets than they had before the pandemic began. The bottom 80% of households by income, when adjusted for inflation, had lower bank deposits than other liquid assets compared to their status in March of 2020. I try to explain that to people around me, and it's tough because we're living in a wealthy part of the country. Creating and adhering to a budget is critical. Tackling high-interest debt from credit cards is essential. I believe investing in traditional stocks has smart. The SP 500 for most people is a really good starting point to accumulate wealth. I believe everyone should educate themselves on financial management investment strategies starting in high school or college. Last year in April, I had a young woman reach out to me and for one of her business classes in high school. She had to do a podcast, and she interviewed me for the podcast. And I was like, that's cool. Sad part of it is um, she's also in an affluent part of the country. I don't really believe that a president should be blamed. I think Congress is more... The problem than a president, as far as our spending goes as a country. Um, I think both of our parties, the Republicans and Democrats, have a spending problem. We have a deficit problem, um, and I think that's problematic. It's not going to sink the ship, but it's problematic in the long term. Let's take a look at how the market's doing. Going nowhere fast. You and me, we should be going nowhere slowly, but today we're going nowhere fast. Eh, The Nasdaq's getting a little weaker. The Russell's definitely weaker. Uh, Russell's down one point four percent. The Nasdaq's down one third of a percent. The Dow down one quarter of a percent. The Nasdaq, the S and P five hundred down one fifth of a percent. So they're all trending a little lower after a market open where they're in the red, in the green, in the red. Now trending lower. A little bit of profit taking. After a very hot start to November, with interest rates falling from the 5% levels to the 4.4%, markets will go higher, in my opinion, based on the next three to six months of expectations that the Fed will lower interest rates. If the inflation numbers continue to deflate from the CPI and PPI in particular, there's other ways looking at like personal expenditures, which I'm not going to get into because it's a tough one to explain on air. But the 10-year is giving us a chance to grow. And the Fed, with inflationary and deflationary numbers, has the opportunity to cut rates in 2024. Some people see it as many as two percentage points. I think that seems a little too aggressive. So let's say I'm going to say three uh, 75 basis points instead of 200 basis points. Um, <clears throat> but I like where we're at right now. Anyhow and anyway, you can find me online at roblackshow.com. It's Rob Black Show. I have one last event for the year coming up. It is going to be a webinar on the readiness, the seven tests of readiness for retirement. See where you stand. See where you sit. It's going to be a webinar, December 7th. Very limited space. Sign up today at roblackshow.com at 6.30 p.m. on December 7th last live event of the year. I'm Rob Black.
1: Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth.